0: now for the weei producers show on WEI,
1: and streaming everywhere on the odyssey app welcome into the weei producer show right here on boston sports no original weei i am chris scheim joining me Per usual, the one and only Ryan Garvin. Good Garvin, what's up, Good morning,
0: Bart? Shime. Good morning to Boston and everybody else that is listening to us on a very cold, chilly Sunday morning por- uh, post a very... Very busy sports day. It was a Very wonderful, wonderful
1: start to the NFL playoffs. For those not paying attention, the NFL wild card weekend kicked off yesterday. I know you were knee-deep in a, UFC action. I am
0: a little frightened. My capacity to—I I am no fun to watch sports with because there's nine things going on constantly.
1: <laughs> yep, I, I'm the same I way.
0: see all—I'm aware of everything, but I don't know if anything truly sinks in because, yes— For the first time in over a month, the UFC was back. Sean Strickland, short-notice fight against Imovov. It was amazing. And then in the meantime, on another screen, I have uh, Seahawks and I have the 49ers. And then you've got Celtics and Bruins going on at 7 o'clock in the middle of the Chargers-Jaguars games, and so, yeah, I might have blown a couple synapses yesterday. Uh, shy. I'm trying to keep up with everything.
1: Luckily for you, though, that uh, Chargers, f- or the, sorry, the uh, 49ers-Seahawks game was good early, bad late. Yep. And then the Chargers-Jaguars was the complete and utter opposite. So it gave you a couple hours there in the middle uh, to enjoy whatever it was that you were doing, but for those that weren't paying attention yesterday, the 49ers were able to uh, dominate the Seahawks in the second half. Uh, at the Seahawks were actually winning the game at halftime 17 16 the 49ers ended up winning the game 41 to 23 absolute domination brock purdy had over 300 yards three touchdowns through the air one through a uh, one on the ground as well debo samuel was awesome christian mccaffrey was awesome brandon Ayuk was
0: awesome that team elijah mitchell had a e- good game i
1: dare posit that they are the anti-new england patriots
0: Oh, so good in, at everything Good that they at do. literally
1: everything that they do yeah, on I, offense. I,
0: I got some – Now I don't know how you feel about the, the San Francisco 49ers. I generally look at them every year going into this season going, we're probably going to be seeing them in late January, early February. I don't know about you, man. I I didn't need yesterday to confirm what I knew about this team, that it doesn't matter what you do at quarterback. I could go out there and probably have at least one touchdown – that's a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. That defense travels. That defense is nasty. They've got every single thing a quarterback could possibly ask for. I mean, it, it really was kind of a trip to watch. But the thing I want to ask you because I, I don't know, I, I feel like I got to stay off Twitter during these these games because people love to be hyperbolic, of course. And I respect you to a point, especially based on the business that we I work too in, am hyperbolic but very often. A lot of people, and some locally, a lot of people. Uh, are getting very wrapped up in Brock Purdy to the point that I He's was pretty sh- good. I thank you, Andy Hart. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I was ready to Brock and roll all night in Purdy yeah. every day. Big rooster Brock. Okay. See, somebody said that to me. I'm like, nobody calls them that. And then you were the first person on Twitter. I just, I'm like, oh, never mind. No, Shine people do, calls them did that. you not see
1: the fan? Uh, there was a fan holding a sign at the game that used my tweet. Basically, exactly. It said big with a nice picture of a rooster <laughs> Brock. It's a great, that's a great. I mean, look at it this way. I mean, one of the guys who was able to slay Tom Brady in the Super Bowl was uh, the big man Nick himself. And so now we have Big
0: Rooster Brock. It's fun how we're dancing around this, Right?
1: And I think it's smart. And so I'm just saying, I, I, I love Brock Purdy. I, I got to tell you, I was a little nervous, apprehensive, if you will, heading into that game just because I felt like Geno Smith was going to be able to compose himself better than Brock Purdy. And mm. that kind of played out early outside of the Geno Smith interception. Like it played out that Geno was putting points on the board. He was keeping things close with that 49ers team. Right. And Brock Purdy was struggling in the first half. He wasn't. He was efficient with some of the throws, but he was missing on a lot, and he was taking some unnecessary risks. But then in that second half, I don't know what Shanahan said to him or what they decided to do. It was not Brock like Brandon Purdy.
0: Staley told his team. I it was, exactly.
1: It was a complete 180 because Brock Purdy was awesome in the second half. He was lights out. He was and, and he was doing the smart thing, getting the ball to Debo Samuel and letting him do all Just the work, work. Or getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey, letting him do
0: all the work. That. It's that simple. You 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 just look at it, just the offensive starters on that team again. That's why I say I don't think it matters who you put in at quarterback if you're if you can go out there cr- stealing Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers and then you've got Kittle, you've got Ayuk, you've got Debo Samuel, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell perform very well. Yep. And then I'm I'm not getting wrapped up because I'm still waiting. You know, I want to see more of this, but the amount of people that were willing to anoint Brock Purdy yesterday as the next big thing dare i say because i saw it hmm reminds me of another quarterback who well, went so, very 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 late in the draft oh about 20 something years ago and ended up being a very good quarterback and i'm like you are not making this comparison Brock Purdy to Tom Brady So i have right to now. ask you a question yes.
1: because on top of that to tie Tom Brady even more into this Ian Rappaport reported yesterday that the 49ers could make a serious push for Tom Brady in the offseason unless they decide to keep Brock Purdy. Now, if I'm thinking about it, just from this moment right now, I would absolutely take Tom Brady over Brock Purdy. Is there, however, though, a scenario in which Brock Purdy pushes the 49ers to a point where they're like, we just got to ride with Purdy? Is there – what can he do this postseason – to make it so that they don't go get Tom Brady. Keep winning. It's, I think it,
0: it, it's. As... How, how
1: far does he have to win, though? Does he just have to get to the NFC title game? Does he have to just get to the Super Bowl? Or does he have to come home with a Lombardi before they go, okay, I think we'll pass on Tom Brady?
0: Realistically, because I, I haven't looked to see how the standings shake out in the NFC as far as who the 49ers will be playing next. But I think from a realistic, practical standpoint, if you're the front office and this kid is good enough, competent enough as Mr. Irrelevant to get you to an NFC championship game, I think you gotta feel pretty good about where you're at. Because as I was driving in, I completely forgot that the San Francisco 49ers drafted Trey Lance. Yep. I completely forgot he exists. He just doesn't exist anymore. I totally dude, I completely forgot he was it's there It's like they traded all those picks for Brock Effing Purdy. I started having like the the flashbacks of like where I was sitting when I found out what the 49ers were trading to Miami to move up in the draft. The whole idea that they were moving up so that they could block other teams, namely the Patriots from drafting Mac Jones, and then they turn around and draft Trey Lance. It was like, I always had to pull over. Like, I can't believe... So the fact that... The 49ers have ended up in this position with, look, I'm not going to crap on him. I will not say he's the next Tom Brady. I no, will not I, you say can't do he's that. the next Tom Brady. Other people who cover this team and who know more about football than I do are willing to say, oh, yeah, this guy reminds me of Tom Brady. I'm not going to do it. I think it's silly, but I think if you're the front office, if, if you're Lynch and you're that whole crew, you got to feel pretty safe right now. Like, oh, man, we might have botched it on the Trey Lance thing. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to walk for nothing. But this kid's pretty good. So I, this kid's pretty good. Pretty See, good.
1: Thank I can you, Ryan. have fun.
0: I can have fun too. It's, it's, it's this weird thing. It's, if they're, you, they should feel like they're in a, in a better position if it was like, oh man, we got Trey Lance and this Mr. Irrelevant bum.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think that the 49ers are just, I mean, they are an absolute wagon no matter where you spin it. And they are, it, this is what happens with good teams though, right? Is right. you take enough shots, you take, you throw enough darts. Sometimes you get lucky, and they might have gotten lucky with Brock Purdy.
0: 62 out of Iowa State.
1: There's a, it's there's, incredible. There's nobody on the planet that loves Brock Purdy more than George Kittle, and to have George Kittle going at the rate he has been is uh, phenomenal because on top of adding Tebow and Christian McCaffrey to this offense and Brandon Aiyuk, you also have George Kittle. They might be... Debo, McCaffrey, and Kittle may be the best at their positions in gaining yards after the catch or gaining yards after contact. They are so good. I mean, that Debo touchdown was it's just Brock Purdy rolls out to his left. He's like, okay, reset my feet, make sure I hit Debo in the hands, let him do the rest. And what happens?
0: He takes it to the effing house. The Seahawks let them run that little play action and then the bootleg to the outside where he would just kind of run to the left and have like, I guess it was a spy. I mean, I, I can't get into your all-22 parts. Lands, I don't know enough about it, but I I saw it more than one occasion. Maybe, yeah, 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 maybe a little naked. But Brock Purdy would have one guy, you know, checking him, and he would just kind of fake him out with his eyes. Really, the play that had me fall out off my bed while I was watching it was uh, he rolled outside right. No, I'm sorry, rolled left. Coverage broke down. Rolled back Back to the right. And he I- fired I- in a the hands. strike and he hit Brandon Ayuk. And I got to give the defender, I think the defender did make a play on it knock the ball out of his hand last second. But that was one of those things that gave me pause and went, okay, I'm still not going to call him Tom Brady, but I, I, he's awesome. Like what, what did everybody miss on this kid? What, what was it? What terrible thing in his past is he hiding? What flaw in his game have we not been exposed to? Is it just the fact that he is around, as you said, Guys that can make catch the ball and just run through people, make their own plays, make life so much easier for a quarterback. I'm like, like, what would Mac Jones do in this system? Well, Mac, so Mac Jones would be a, an assassin if he had this kind of skill group around him. So
1: my thought process is, and this has generally been my my working theory when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL. Ninety five percent of the time, quarterbacks that work in the NFL are because when they're drafted, they're drafted into stable. Comfortable situations. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, in my opinion, Patrick Mahomes would not currently be the Mahomes he is if he wasn't drafted by Andy Reid and the Chiefs because they allowed him to sit for a year. He comes in that second year, he's playing in the most uh, with the most ingenuitive. I think that's the word. Uh, What's uh, you know what, I like it. Ingenious is the right word. It's I think ingenuitive. Yeah, in, in, ingenuity is the the other word. Regardless, smart people. He's stuff. he is arguably Andy Reid, the greatest offensive play caller football has ever had. Like he is that good. And so to have a guy like Andy Reid teaching you the idea of spacing and the quick the quick plays on top of the deep balls, like Mahomes had the arm talent, but then he was taught. You look at Josh Allen is the perfect example of this as well. Completely raw talent. You saw it in the first two years where. He wasn't great. He was very inaccurate. What happens? Dayball comes in. They get him Steph Diggs. He's in a stable organization with Sean McDermott. McDermott mm-hmm. never wavered from him. And then all of a sudden, he takes a leap forward. It is, in my opinion, 95% of quarterbacks are just built by good situations. Even Tom Brady, right? The start of Tom Brady's career was because he came into a team that was had a Super Bowl-caliber defense with playmakers on offense. And so those first couple years, it was, in fact, Belichick. And Brady was growing. And then once you hit that middle point in Brady's career, it doesn't matter. Once you hit Mahomes being an MVP, it doesn't matter. Like it's That's when the, it becomes all on the quarterback. But a lot of it is more nurture than it is nature sometimes. It's like Because that. there are so many talented guys at the position, especially in today's world where there's just so many kids playing football, there are so many talented
0: quarterbacks that just go to the wayside because of bad coaching. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, is Carson Wentz a bad quarterback or is he just a terrible situation after terrible situation? I look mean, at, look at what he did in Philly. He was an MVP candidate. He was candidate. an MVP candidate his first year. Look at, you know, the reclamation project that Mike McDaniel has done on Tuatonga Violoa where you're like, this guy can't play. And all of a sudden it's like they, they've tailor-made a system uh, to benefit him. Behold Lamar Jackson, and I don't know what his future is going to be, but they again, they bring in... Um, Greg it was Greg, Greg Roman, Roman. Greg Roman to to make an offense that was going to suit the needs of their quarterback, and it was day. MVP. That they thought about and he ended up looking really good and won MEPs and all this stuff. And I um it just it reminds me of the meme of of the big ninja turtle walking with little little (laughs) splinter. Little splinter splinter. and the first one is the little turtle walking with big splinter. That's what it turns into if you do this the right way. Correct.
1: That is exactly the evolution of an NFL quarterback. I think
0: I don't think I could have summed it up any better. By the way, I'm looking at the the quarterback draft class in in this most previous draft. My goodness gracious, after Brock Purdy, Skylar Thompson, Chris Oluda. Con Aludicon, uh, Sam Howell, Bailey Zappy, Matt Coral, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett. Oh my God! It, really, it's. Whatever situation the 49ers find themselves in, and I, look, I, I've already picked them. I, I'm just going to put it out now. My Super Bowl, it's going to be a rematch from two years ago. It's going to be the Chiefs, and it's going to be the San Francisco Ooh, okay. 49ers. But That's cool. We, we won't cross that for a while, but I think no matter what happens— Brock Purdy is probably going to find himself as the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers in 2020.
1: I tend to agree with you. And I am, I cannot believe that we have gone 14 minutes and have not mentioned the, not really gotten into the second game oh, of the NFL playoffs because God. that was
0: there, you don't one lie, of the most remarkable so moments to talk about. I that
1: think game. that to me was more remarkable than the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings 33 point comeback in the regular season earlier this year. So for the, Again, for those of you who weren't aware, the uh, Chargers traveled to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars last night. Uh, just before halftime, it was twenty-seven to nothing.
0: Chargers. Late in the second quarter.
1: Yes. And then the Jaguars scored a touchdown right before halftime, cut it down to 27-7, to and we went into halftime. Jaguars down 20 points. This game, people were tweeting at me because I had taken Jaguars plus 2.5, telling me how I was a clown, telling me how I suck at gambling, telling me all these things, and then 45 minutes later, crickets. Because you want to know something? What's the that? Jaguars battled back. They <laughs> they scored touchdowns on four what is it? Four straight drives Four straight. and then ended with a field goal. Like
0: they're really, I, I, come I, on. I saw your, your pick and then I did, I saw the slack, but then I also saw the victory lap and I'm like, again, this is, <laughs> I was just, I need to get out of here. I got to stop looking at Twitter during these games because it's just making me crazy. Can everybody relax? Relax. Shimes not a clown. I don't think he's also this amazing genius nope. handicapper I'm just either. A guy who likes to gamble. All just it, things broke really, really well. And if you had money on the uh, plus two doubt. and a half, you oh never! In <laughs> <doubt>. Shut up! <laughs> I'm trying to defend you, and you're like, "Look how great I am!" I'm I killed it. I I, I I I actually went to sleep. I didn't even I see did the end of the game because the I felt game. so good. I just woke
1: up and checked my bank account because I knew plus two and a half. I got to tell you though, so. Uh, the difference in that game, as I said it would be, or my analysis originally, was Doug Peterson versus Brandon Staley. Oh, he's a madman. Ulti- he? The ultimate decider was coaches because I think both of these quarterbacks are pretty good. Trevor Lawrence did throw four interceptions in the first half, by the way, uh, which was one of the reasons
0: Jacksonville set themselves so far back. Your drive chart went, by the way, uh, interception, interception, punt, interception, punt. Interception da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, punt. punt and then a touchdown before the end of the half and yes, yeah, so they, Continue. they
1: they were the Jacksonville Jaguars or Trevor Lawrence was downright bad to start the game, and just like Brock Purdy, second half, completely different story, and Doug Peterson was straight up in his bag and, and one of the turning points of this game, in my opinion, was uh, the Jaguars were down two scores, uh, the Chargers had gotten up to thirty, the Jaguars were down two scores. And they completed a pass, I believe it was to Zay Jones, on the right side of the field. Uh, And Brandon Staley immediately throws the challenge flag. Now, two plays prior... One of his players had stepped on Trevor Lawrence's thumb and literally sliced half of Trevor Lawrence's thumb off. And Lawrence would just like quick bandage, like during a flag and back on the field. Take didn't didn't even like really get a bandage. Nothing. So in what Brandon Staley does on this Zay Jones pass, which was clearly a catch a by catch. the way, it was a catch, throws the challenge flag, gives Trevor Lawrence a free timeout to walk over properly, get his thumb taped, loses a timeout, loses the challenge. And then the and the Jaguars just drive down the field, score a touchdown. The it was it was in my opinion the ultimate turning point in that game and the ultimate example of why Brandon Staley stinks because he didn't read the moment. It's you you just you can see Trevor Lawrence is struggling with his with his thumb. The play before that, he made a weird pass over the middle of the field that got deflected, almost got intercepted, like. Take a step back for a second, Staley. Just let the defense do their thing. Your defense had been great almost the entire first half and into the second half. Allow them to just do their thing. Trevor Lawrence is actually feeling it now because of that injury to his thumb. Give it a second. Don't throw this challenge flag on a play you know is not going to get overturned. You're just fishing for a hope and a prayer, and boy, oh
0: boy, did it blow up in its face. It just and, and I think in my mind, and I'm sure in the minds of others, you know, I don't know. Maybe people feel really good about that game. and Based on how bad Trevor Lawrence looked, I didn't give him a huge chance to make a comeback. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is Brandon Staley, and he does do really dumb stuff when Bingo. it matters the most. I still kind of held out like there was the shred of a chance that the Jaguars were going to make a comeback to the point where, I I hopped in the shower around halftime, and when I got out of the shower, uh, th- my world had changed. Uh, Francis and <laughs> Gano had been stripped of the heavyweight title. John Jones had been announced for an eight fight deal, and it was thirty uh, twenty. It was a, it was a ten point game. By the time I got back, I'm like, I'm gonna take another shower. <laughs> Good things are great things to happen. are happening right now. Let's see what, what the the limits of my power. But yeah, we got a lot more we gotta get. Yeah, to so. On the other we'll, side. We'll,
1: that was day one of wildcard Weekend. Day two is going to be today. You got Bill's Dolphins in the early game, uh, Giants and Vikings in the middle afternoon game, followed by Bengals-Ravens tonight, which apparently the Ravens are going to be playing two quarterbacks in the game. I don't know what the hell's I'm going on there. Soon. We, yeah, Whatever. Who cares? Uh, and on top of that, over this last 48 hours or so a ton of news has come out regarding your patriots maybe their plans for offensive coordinator what their plans in general are in the future we will get to all of that coming up next right here on the producer show on boston sports original but right now Ethan will get you caught up on what's
2: trending
0: the rich keith show weeknights starting at six now here's what's trending on weei
2: Trending now at WEI and WEI.com. Super Wild Card Weekend is off and running for the NFL. The San Francisco 49ers beating the Seattle Seahawks 41-23 in fairly dominating fashion. A strong second half by both the defense and Brock Purdy leading to that win. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were down by 27 at one point, storming back in the second half to beat the Los Angeles Chargers 31-30 to on a last-second field goal. That is the fifth largest comeback in NFL's history. You can catch all three playoff games today the Dolphins at Bills, Giants at Vikings and Ravens at Bengals right here at WEI. So right after Football Sunday don't go anywhere because coverage begins for all three of those games at 12.30pm. The Celtics extended their winning streak to six games after beating the Charlotte Hornets 122-106 to yesterday. Jason Tatum leading the way in scoring for the team with 33 points on the night. The Celtics are facing the Hornets again tomorrow afternoon. Tip-off for that game is set for 1pm Eastern. And then your Boston Bruins coming away with a 4-3 victory as well over the Toronto Maple Leafs yesterday. Pasternak, Bergeron, Greer, and Greslick, is Greslick all contributing in the goals department. The Bruins have the Philadelphia Flyers up next. Puck drop for that game is also set for 1 p.m. tomorrow afternoon as well. I'm Nathan Erstadulu, and that is us trending here at WEI and WEI.com. 36-yarder from the right hash to win the game.
0: Logan Cook will put it down. Riley Patterson. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and
1: move on! How good is that?! <laughs> Welcome back to the W E I Producer Show. I'm Chris Scheim, joined by Ryan Garvin. That was Frank Frangie. That's what I'm talking about with the uh, Jaguars radio final call of the game as they beat the Chargers 31 to 30 on a last-second field goal after overcoming a 27 to nothing deficit. Uh, you want to call in, talk any of the wild card games, talk Patriots, anything you got? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. You can also text in three seven ninety three seven to join us. Uh, Ryan, th- that was a, uh,
0: a superb call, oh, if I, do feel could, I you could feel it? I could feel it in your I could your feel bones. the energy. I it wanted was, to jump up and dance. I was so excited by that.
1: Uh, by the way, update for you. 9.28 a.m. Sorry, I had to check my watch. Okay, we're on an uh, hour later. Uh, gresh, one day, one hour later. Gresh time check for yep. you. 9.28 a.m. Um, Brandon Staley, still the head coach of the Los Angeles oh, Chargers. Jesus. <laughs> Shock, shocked that he has not been fired yeah,
0: yet. It's a holiday weekend. I'm sure we'll get to it. Uh, you alluded to uh, Frank Frangie and the, the very excited call uh, from Jacksonville. Ethan. Good morning, Ethan, by the way.
2: Uh, Good morning. Could
0: you please play for me the television broadcast? I, I have clipped the final two plays. So this is the. And by the way, you should have known this was coming when you saw three running backs in the backfield, that oh, some shenanigans awesome. were so going to happen. Can
1: we can we set this up? Yes, so please. fourth and one for the Jacksonville Jaguars, somewhere around like the Chargers 40 43.
0: Got to have I, it.
1: Quite out of field goal range. You got to get the first down. Uh, and Doug Peterson puts like eight dudes on the line of scrimmage, Lawrence under center, and then three running backs in a straight line behind him. I thought we were in the 1950s like watching a Navy football video, and yet he dials up this
0: play, and here's Al Michaels and Tony Dungy. Please play these last two plays. My goodness. Three backs behind him. To the outside, ETN first down and a ton more It stays in bounds to the 15-yard line what a call whoa
2: whoa whoa <laughs> they, they lined up three, back three backs
1: It oh, 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 looked oh, like the snake night. like everybody was going to get in there to push they wanted to get them to fall
0: inside and create one long transcontinental flight home game winner for the chargers setting up for the game winner meanwhile jacksonville can set their sights likely on Kansas City here we go for the win got it but there's a flag down there's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field but there's a penalty marker and they call it on the defense unbelievable uh, that, that is unbelievable Oh, my God. How
1: unbelievable is it? That's what, that is that is unbelievable. So. What are we? Oh, my first
0: God. First of all, I like, and, and again, I know I was just spending the first <laughs> segment talking about how annoyed I get when I look at Twitter and people say really dumb things. I had to go and see, am I overreacting? No. Is Al Michaels really just d- done? Does he not oh, hear anymore? Oh, he's cashing a check with this. And I, I, I had to check the internet. I had to consult. And even as we sit here, uh, nine thirty a.m. on WEI. Good morning, to Keene, New Hampshire. He's still trending. Shime Al Michaels is still trending <sighs> for how a. He didn't care. It didn't sound like there he was cared no
1: anymore. energy to that, and, and the entire time too. Uh, and this is is kind of what bugged me. So they line up. Doug Peterson has this awesome formation on the fourth and one call. They line up, and Dungey's like, "Oh yeah, he's just gonna sneak it. Just get ready for the sneak. I, it's I, gonna I be just a sneak. Go there no, no, no. Fourth Doug, and one. Here's what? the thing. They like." we have watched people sneak it all year. This is not how you sneak it because what they do is they'll have a single back and then they'll send a tight end in motion. And as soon as the tight end gets behind the quarterback, they snap it and the tight end pushes him. It's not three guys in a straight line because they can't all push the quarterback. If it was going to be three guys behind them, they'd be lined up like in an (laughs) eye formation, not in like a snake formation. And so there was no identification to the play. None at ever whatsoever. And to Tony Romo's credit and Troy Aikman's credit, they would have said something
0: seems fishy here. Chris Collins where the what are yeah, we looking at Exactly oh, you've gotten something it.
1: And then all of a sudden it's power Travis Etienne off the tackle and he goes 25
0: yards And th- those two are like whoa, whoa whoa they sounded like when I was a kid and I, me and my friends would be running around like My buddy's deck, and we pass like his grandpa. That's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You crazy kid! You're gonna hurt yourself. You're gonna knock me over. And then they kick the field goal, and it's like, well, well, hold on, because there's a a flag. Like, who gives a crap if there's a flag on the field? Sell the call first. Like, you're gonna send it to all your affiliates. Probably, you're gonna use this right. And he's like, oh, this is unbelievable. I. Because I had so just bad. listened to Al Michaels talk <laughs> about how rough it was doing Thursday night football. And, oh, what do you want out of me to sell you a 20-year-old used Mazda? Yeah, actually, that's your job, Al. You, you're supposed to go, and you're supposed to sell this. I don't need you to be Tony Romo. Nope. I don't need you to, like, bloviate. But this is amazing, Jim, and this is a story. Just what call what's g- happening on the field just, with some sort of enthusiasm. Did you the, the crowd, like almost crapped out all the audio. It got so loud. And that's considering, I think, a Probably a fair amount of people probably left that game at halftime, be like, "There is no way the Jacksonville Jaguars are coming back." I just want a, lot a lot of to modicum do. of enthusiasm. I don't think I'm asking for much. Nope, I don't think so either. And uh, I think that game deserved
1: it. Coming to back from 27 nothing, that game deserved some kind of enthusiasm. And
0: Al Michaels did not give it to us. So I'm let's... done with Al. I'm yeah. done. I'm done with Al. I'm done with Brandon Staley. I don't want Tony Dungy to ever do. I don't know why Tony Dungy's doing this game. Was nobody else available? everybody those three see you later done 2023 <laughs> new year new me get them out let's go and so i think it's a perfect time we'll, we'll, we'll transition here to the
1: patriots news of the weekend but first let's go to david in the car david what do you want to talk about today
0: hey good morning guys great show good morning that David. that game was unbelievable one of my son gets home right before halftime when jacksonville just called the first time he turns to me he says dad he goes. Jacksonville's going to win this game. He goes. He goes. The Chargers will find a way to lose it. And I'm like, nah. I mean, 27-7. I'm like, I don't see it. You know, I don't think so. You know, and I could not believe it. What a game! I mean, obviously the Chargers. It goes to show you. Patriots went through this. You cannot miss opportunities. The Chargers missed that field goal. That that would that would have been the winning points right there. You know, the, the field goal that they missed. That's a great. You point. cannot I, miss I, not opportunities. Not yeah, so what's his name should get fired, Brandon, Brandon Staley. Staley. That's an 100%, excellent point. David, thank you for the call. And and I mean, oh my God, I, w- look, we have to talk about Patriots. I mean, because, to be fair, but though, I. You, you you missed the field goal. Joey Bosa, by the way. Oh, the sports like like conduct veterans. penalty. Like, you can't even get off the field before you have a meltdown. John at the ref. You and he's having a meltdown. too. It was a bad call. It was a false start. I get it. But if Ugh. you're going to lose your crap like that, I almost swore. If you're going to lose your crap like <laughs> that, walk off the field first. Yeah, then, and I mean, then lose it. That's the equivalent. Do, of the, like, do the Tom Brady. Spike a tablet. If Jawan Bentley, if I mean, dare I say, if Devin McCourty took his helmet and slammed it like before he got to the sideline, I mean, it's it's that stupid. Oh, it was man. it
1: was there were so there were some some stupidity things. out of the Chargers on top of it. So the missed field goal to me. Yeah, it mattered, in, in, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. But at the same time, I feel as though the Jaguars were just moving the ball so efficiently that I don't think it would have mattered. I think they would have just scored the seven and still won by one point. They right? only so,
0: called eight run plays in the second half, Shime.
1: After throwing four interceptions in the first. And on top of that, by the way, no, I'm, had, I'm the the, oh, Chargers. The, Chargers.
0: the Chargers only ran eight pass plays. They're up 27-7. to seven. All you have to do is just keep the sticks and you keep the clock moving yep. and you're good. What did they do? They just let Justin Herbert throw the ball around. And every time Doug Peterson Unreal. made the right decision, it was so they, they had that, that holding
1: call on third down. He's like, no, no, no. I'm just gonna decline it, make them uh take the field goal or attempt the field attempt goal, which field he missed. Goal. And he's like, he's like, I don't want to give them another 30 seconds off the clock. It's fine. Or the one at midfield. He's like, oh yeah, I'll accept that. Push them out of field goal range. Doug Peterson, every step of the way, made the right call, pushed the right buttons. But let's transition out of uh, Super Wild Card Weekend, day one. Good football teams. Great, great football teams. Let's go to your New England Patriots. There were some news over the last 48 hours or so that I think needs to be addressed. First of all, during the week, the end of the week there, we got the report or the uh, press release from the Patriots saying that they were in contract negotiations or close to a contract with Gerard Mayo to remain with the team, quote, long term. And then, you know, everybody was speculating, what could that be? Is he going to get the defensive coordinator title? Is he going to be in a different position uh, that's still elevated? Are they just trying to keep him here similar to what they did with Josh McDaniels? the The
0: press release, which came out, so this was Wednesday night. I know we were off the air, I think, by the time we got it. Uh, we all had this email in our email uh, in our inbox that said the New England Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick had begun contract extension discussions with Gerard Mayo that would keep him with the team long-term. And they also go on to add, in addition, the team will be in, in, uh, interviewing for offensive coordinator candidates beginning next week. Which was all good news, but Curtis had even pointed
1: out, well, Gerard Mayo still has his uh, head coaching uh, interview scheduled with the Panthers. Like, like What great, does it matter?
0: Great point by Curtis, too, because – one of the first things that that came out in the midst of this the following day was that uh, Gerard would not be interviewing for the vacant defensive coordinator position in Cleveland when they vac- when they fired I believe it was Joe Woods. Yeah. Um but all throughout the day I kept waiting for an update on if he was still going to interview for the vacant Carolina Panthers yes. job.
1: And we finally got that update yesterday. So according to multiple reports Gerard Mayo will not be conducting an interview with the Carolina Panthers for the head coaching position. So this, in my opinion, I think the people who were saying this, I was one of them, that this contract with Gerard Mm -hmm. puts him as the assistant head coach Mm -hmm. and sets him up to be the head coach of the New England Patriots in the near future. I
0: completely agree.
1: I think there's no other way around it, right? Because... It doesn't make sense. It it didn't make sense to me in the first place to make him the defensive coordinator because Steve Belichick was calling all the plays last year, anyways. So why change play callers when the defense was already doing so so good? You need to change the offensive play caller. That was the defensive play caller didn't make sense to me. So the only logical step to keep Mayo in the program and on the team was to be like, hey, look, Bill has two, three years tops. This is a bridge contract. We're going to make you the assistant head coach. You're our guy. You will replace Bill when he's done. Whenever Bill calls it quits, you're our guy.
0: And in the meantime, you're going to be, like, I know we gave you the, uh, you know, the Josh McDaniels, by my side, I'm going to open my world to you. They which, probably open the checkbook a little bit, too. And, uh, I mean, who's to say that that didn't happen? I guess it wasn't enough to keep Josh McDaniels long-term, but I think, and I look, I can say definitively that Gerard Mayo wants to stay in Foxborough. Why can I say that definitively? Because he told... Lou and Christian at the Super Bowl. Actually, I think it was Lou because Christian had his his big diarrhea day and couldn't do the interview. But (laughs) point is, that always stuck with me. Gerard talked at length about how he did want to be a head coach. He loves this part of the the country, specifically this region. His family's here. He doesn't want to leave. If he had to leave, it would be for something on the East Coast. And really, those jobs just don't really present themselves. Unless you want to go to Carolina and figure out that dumpster fire of a franchise I think this was the right move to make for Gerard all along if anybody was going to succeed Bill Belichick I knew two years ago I want Gerard Mayo he's an entrepreneur he's a smart guy he played at a high level he knows what it takes to win he's won at a high level there's nobody else currently on this staff that I want want to succeed Bill Belichick and by the way that is a monumental task to undertake. Oh. you yeah. got replacing Tom Brady was you don't, difficult. You don't, you're replacing your general manager and your head coach at some point in the next, oh, I don't know, maybe three years.
1: We talked about this when Brady left. You don't want to be the guy that replaced Brady. right? You want to be the guy that replaced the guy. You don't want to be Cam so Newton. To, to look at Bill Belichick and be like, yes, I will I will step into your shoes when you're done is a, as you said, monumental undertaking. And, and I think this is... I think this is really I think this is a good thing for the Patriots. I think Mayo adds continuity, but also a new voice, a younger voice. And you've seen it a kind of across the league right now. A lot of young coaches are having good success with players because they can relate more. It's a players are just mentally different than they were 20, 25, 30 years ago now. And so some of those older coaches have lost touch, and I think you've seen that a little bit even with Belichick this year. And so I think Mayo adds that younger, different voice. He's not Bill Belichick. He is his own guy. He's his own man. He's not afraid to speak his mind. Players will respect him. I think he's going to have a very similar effect to this team if he does become a head coach, similar to like what Mike Vrabel has done. And I think that is a very good thing for the Patriots' future. I'm curious, though, do you think that they are going to now involve him in any of the roster kind of conversations, at least? Maybe not decisions, but at least the conversations, right? Part of that contract is assistant head coach and, you know, assisting in general general
0: managerial decisions. You know, you're you're going to, I, I think, in order for any of this to make sense, in order for him to have the kind of uh, sway, the cachet, the panache, so to speak, you have to start involving him in those conversations. And I'm sure Gerard May has probably wanted some involvement in absolutely. those conversations. Especially with the personnel right? Uh, is on the
1: defensive side of the ball. I mean, the, right now that defense is really good. But, you know, in the offseason, they're going to have to add pieces. Some pieces may leave. You might want to re-sign guys. Gerard should absolutely have a say in that. And he should at least be in the room during the conversations for the offense. Speaking of the offense... Patriots need not a new offensive coordinator. They said in that press release that they are going to start interviewing candidates for the offensive coordinator. It was very important that they said offensive coordinator position. Uh, we will get to a few of those candidates coming up after the break. 617 779 7937 if you want to hop aboard. 37937 if you want to text in. This is the producer show on WEI Boston Sports Original. Welcome back to the WEEI Producer Show right here on Boston Sports Original, 93.7 WEEI. Uh, I am Chris Scheim, joined by Ryan Garvin. We've How been talking sweet. Super Wildcard Weekend all morning on top of the New England Patriots. Uh, we teased right before the break. We talked about the New England Patriots' offensive coordinator position, Ryan. Uh, news came out yesterday that the Jets have requested to interview Nick Kayley, the tight ends coach of your New England Patriots, mm-hmm. a lot of which, like Andy Hart, had suggested that he should be the uh, New England play caller this season. Instead, they went with Matt Patricia, which was an epic failure.
0: Yeah. And yeah, so, I, man, I really wish one of us could have said that that wasn't mm, going to work out. Yeah, I, I,
1: you know, I feel like somebody might have, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they weren't loud enough.
0: I uh, guess I guess not. Not how every <laughs> single person with a brain in their head said this is so stupid. Why? Why would you do this?
1: So on top of that. um we're looking at the Patriots interviewing offensive coordinators uh, to replace Matt
0: Patricia, Which, I guess, gonna which is going to start this week. Yes. I mean, not not tomorrow. It's a holiday. Absolutely. We're off.
1: An internal candidate so should be Nick should Kaley, be absolutely. Uh, one of the next candidates, in my opinion, that they should interview immediately, one of the guys at the top of the list, would be... Rams quarterback coach Zach Robinson. He was, Really? He was originally drafted by Bill Belichick uh, years and years ago now. He's been in the McVay system now for, I want to say, about two or three years. Um, and Mike LaFleur, former Jets offensive coordinator, was actually hired as the Rams' new offensive coordinator, which means Zach Robinson is not in a position for a promotion.
0: Young he, feller, too, by the way. Yes, He's very young guy. six years old. He's only a couple of years older than I am.
1: Exactly. So these, and these offensive coaches have skewed younger in recent times here just because of the new innovations that they they produce and create. And so I think it would be beneficial to the Patriots to at least take a look at this guy, interview Mm -hmm. him. Again, Bill is familiar with him. He's familiar with the Patriots and Bill. He understands the situation he'd be coming into. And he's also a pretty smart guy in an innovative offense. And I think that has to be taken into consideration because you can't just bring it you can't just bring in another person that you know so well in, in your little social circle to run your playbook because clearly that didn't work no With matt patricia no it didn't work you need something a little bit different which is why i would consider zach robinson as a
0: top candidate so is that before or after they interview cliff kingsbury actually ryan what they won't be interviewing cliff what? Kingsbury. hold on
1: uh all cliff kingsbury, no, 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 no,
0: no no all i heard was All last week, I was here. I've listened to radio. I've done radio. I've listened to all the pundits. Cliff Kingsbury is available. He got fired by the Cardinals and that is exactly the kind of guy that Bill Belichick would love to bring in to be his next offensive coordinator. Sure, you know, the offense might be a little different. He might want to bring in his own personnel, but at the very least, he's not being paid by the Patriots. He's being paid by the Cardinals, which Bill loves. And oh, he could also probably coerce DeAndre Hopkins. So tell me all the reasons why that Cliff Kingsbury will be your next offensive coordinator. Go. I have but one
1: reason why he won't be. What? What? Uh, Peter Schrager reported yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury literally threw up the deuce and said, ah, sorry, I'm off to Thailand. Where's my passport? He bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. Victoria. And is not taking calls at this time. And you know what? Credit to Cliff Kingsbury. You're still getting paid by the Cardinals because of that extension you got last year. Why not? Just go take your time. Reset in Thailand and then come back in six, seven months. You'll get a job somewhere. College or NFL, it doesn't matter. Veronica You'll figure it out.
0: We're going to Thailand. We're off, for to, the next we're off to Thailand for the next four months. You be careful of the monkeys. Me, Brandon Staley, and Aaron Rodgers are gonna live in a hookah tent on the beach. <laughs> we're not gonna shave. We're we'll not gonna some wash. We're just going to discover our inner spiritual animals. Out here on the lovely, I'm, I'm assuming there's beaches in Thailand. I don't yes, know. there are. Yeah, that really was. Just, just a remarkable a staggering report, staggering report. But again, based on everything I seem to know about the guy, I'm not overly shocked. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have picked Thailand necessarily.
1: No, but hey, he wanted but to get as te- far away as physically possible. I don't think NFL. he could
0: have gotten further away. Uh, yeah, it's what, pretty, they're they're like, pretty difficult. What's football? We don't have football here. <laughs> the in only Thailand. more
1: ridiculous place he could have gone is like is if he ended up in Dubai, right? If he was, if he was just like walking no, around Dubai, s- there's a
0: chance someone might recognize him in Dubai. I probably, not a single person in. Thailand. Thailand is going to go, that's Cliff Kingsbury. Hey, what are you doing? Are you going nice to be the, the, the next OC of the Patriots? No. Nobody's going to bother him. Yep. He is going to sit and collect a paycheck every two weeks with his impossibly hot girlfriend and not think <laughs> about the stupid Patriots and their stupid offense and those idiots uh, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia squandering and wasting a year and apparently telling tales about Mac Jones, which I don't even know if I have time to get into. But my head it's, will explode. I, I it,
1: So with all of this going down, Cliff Kingsbury clearly ruled out, Nick Cayley now being in interest of other teams, i.e. the Jets. Is there any person in particular that you want the Patriots to bring in as their offensive coordinator or hire or promote as their offensive coordinator?
0: I... Initially was on the – Nick. is going into last year, I was really, you know, like let's give Nick Caley a chance, especially down the stretch of this season, like we should give Nick Caley a chance. However, you know, reasons started to weigh in. That, that annoying part of my brain that tells me the things that I need to hear but don't want to hear, and that annoying part of my brain said, did you like the tight ends? Did you like the tight ends last year? And I went, well, no annoying part of my brain, I didn't. And that's all I can think about is – why the hell would I expect Nick Hayley to be a great offensive coordinator if he can't take the highest-paid tight ends in football and turn them into something that can help your offense? I, Did you like Hunter Henry and John Smith the last two years? I Hunter didn't. Henry was good last year. He had like nine touchdowns. Oh wow, nine whole touchdowns! That was pretty good. good. You, oh, you know what? You're hired. Nick I, I mean, that's like a B minus. Mediocre work. B B minus. You, you can. You can't Johnny's do any worse. Dunk. Than these two clowns. There's no way. So I'm I'm not gonna say Nick Cayley just because that will always be in the back of my head. Like how good is he? Well, really? and on top
1: of that, my thing is, and you kind of mentioned this already. If you thought Nick Cayley had a future, why not give him a shot in the middle of the season? Yeah. It was already you knew it was going poorly. It was is an absolute disaster. Why
0: not like just be like, all right, like go ahead. Yeah, go, go interview for the Jets job. Good luck. Have yeah. fun. You'll come back. You'll be back I as soon as they say who's your quarterback? Well, Zach Wilson. Thank you.
1: I'm out of here. Marcus yeah. Brady, you're next. Which is why I don't I don't think Nick Cayley's their guy. In my opinion, I, I think my favorite candidate that is available, and I don't even know if they'll interview him is Frank. Frank Reich. Reich. That
0: was the guy. He's I was absolutely
1: to say. the best guy. Like he is. The most, he is overqualified for the position. I think he He's is. a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator that won a Super Bowl, by the way, with Nick Effing Foles. Uh, he almost made Carson you, Wentz an MVP and Doug
0: Peterson for a for a Super Bowl, by the way. And, yeah. and he has overseen. And I know a lot of people would give Doug Peterson more credit, but I think especially you, after
1: seeing what they have in Jacksonville. But,
0: but look, if you're the offensive coordinator, like you, you have some say in what's going on. And as far as just points scored. Uh, point different- team rank and point differential uh, as an offensive coordinator or a head coach. He's been top 10, let's see, one, two, three, four,
1: five times yeah, in nine years. On top of that, he's been dealt a bad hand. People blame him for what happened with the Colts. He... Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, First of all, Andrew Luck and retires. Too. Josh McDaniels backs out. So then they hire too. Frank Reich, and Frank Reich is stuck with Jacoby Brissett, who he did. He almost he almost made the playoffs with Jacoby Brissett. He beat the Chiefs with Jacoby Brissett, by the way. Then he was dealt Philip. The corpse of Philip Rivers and made the playoffs. And then somehow he was he was dealt Carson Wentz. Just missed the playoffs. And then Matt Ryan. And then you canned him for Jeff Saturday. I think so the you the could get your drinking are, are buddy in the building.
0: Very very real. It's I mean you just listed off all the crap that he was able to turn into something tangible and and fun to watch. I think the guy, you know, and I I don't know him from anything, but it sounds like he's a good motivator. If you can get Phillip Rivers' old ass out there and have him play well and Jacoby Brissett, who I like, but... You managed to do all of that with guys that that were probably not as capable as Mac Jones, Andrew Luck, withstanding. I would give that. I would say that makes as much sense as if you are going to bring in a Bill O'Brien that's been out of pro football the last couple of years. I think at the very least he's worth a phone call to see if he's interested, and then. You get another adult in the room. You get a guy that can sit there and battle with Mac Jones that's not going to have his feelings hurt, Joe Judge, when he says, we're going to teach each other. And then you got to sit and talk to him because you're so <laughs> narrow-minded and you're oh. so insecure that you're worried that Mac, we got to teach. Oh, how could you say that, Mac Jones? You're going to teach me? Do you know what I did? Have you seen anything? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're I good. would love to seed on, uh, take a time from, from Andy and Fitzy who are coming up after us, but I know those guys are going to have a lot of interesting things to say about Wild Card Weekend and the Patriots as well.
1: Yeah, That is correct, Ryan. That'll do it for the Weei producer show. Uh, We will be live again next week, 9 to 10. So same time as this week, 9 to 10 a.m. on Sunday. Our normal time is Saturday, 8 to 9, but we will be on Sunday next week uh, because we air a special playoff coverage uh, from 8 to 9 on Saturday. So we will be here 9 to 10 next Sunday. Uh, Andy and Fitzy have you for Weei Football Sunday coming up next here, and they'll have you right up until the playoff coverage or the playoff game start, and that coverage – is brought to you by Wise Snacks. It's the football postseason. Winner go home And Boston Sports Original has all the news, all the takes, and all the games. Weei's coverage of the NFL playoffs is sponsored by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. That'll do it for us, Ryan. I'll see you next Sunday. Everybody Bye. have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Enjoy the playoff football.